0: All right, I got it. Under wraps now, and this is all night. Get a sad sight up tight. One of my questions, day drive, ball town, bright light up town.
1: Asking questions, the ball town, ball town, ball town, ball town.
0: Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Do you want to professionally succeed? Invest in the people around you. Today on Conflict Managed, Cameron Eccles discusses the impact of being mentored, the myriad of benefits for young professionals who participate in quality internships, and the importance of looking for a culture ad, not just culture fit. Cameron Eccles is the Assistant Director at the University of Tennessee at Martin's Office of Career Planning and Development. Cameron enjoys bowling, photography, and grilling. He resides in Martin with his wife, Courtney, and two children, Jalen and Allie. He is currently on the board for Carl Perkins and the Weekly County Chamber of Commerce and involved in the Weekly County Prevention Coalition and the Martin Housing Authority Daddy Dance Planning Committee. Welcome, Cameron, to Conflict Managed. Thank you for being with us this morning.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, let's get right into it. I was wondering if you could start by telling us a little bit about your work history.
1: For sure. Um, So I started um, working early when I was 16, 17, working at typical McDonald's, you know, uh, after high school work experience, it was a great, great time. Uh, When I came to UT Martin, I started working in housing uh, for a little bit. I did, I was a desk manager, um, and then I transitioned over into the community and worked for Martin Housing Authority. I started out as a just a program assistant. And over time, I kind of developed and became kind of the assistant program manager, um, assistant program director, whatever you wanna call it. Um, so that was a great experience. I did that for about four and a half years um, during my undergraduate experience. And then um, I'd have my, profession, my first professional job at UT Martin as an admissions counselor. And I did that for about a year and a half and I transitioned over into student success and did that for about two years. And now I'm in my current role as um, Assistant Director for Employee Relations for Career Planning and Development.
0: Oh, wonderful. So you've been working at, or you have been at UTM for quite some time, either as a student or as a professional.
1: Yes, I originally came to UT Martin in 2011 as an undergraduate student, and I've been on the professional staff for about five years now. May 17th is actually my five-year anniversary.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So I was wondering if you could share with us a bad experience you've had at a particular job?
1: Yeah, so I guess I could say that a bad experience would be poor communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in, in, a, in a position where um, the communication just wasn't clear, it wasn't direct, it wasn't um, enough for me to really understand the scope of what I needed to do or how I should, or my expectations, how I put it. Um, and that really caused um, some challenging times in, in, in the space. It it allowed for a little bit of conflict because there was this idea of what I thought I should be doing versus what my supervisor thought I should be doing. And at times there was communication where I, I tried to kind of direct and say, hey, you know, what should I be doing? How should this look? Um, what are your expectations of me? And and there were some times where there was just a little bit of, of, of direction, but it was still wasn't enough to, to find that fulfillment, uh, I would say.
0: So how did you deal with that?
1: Well, for a while, I just kind of sat there and just kind of did what I thought was the right thing to do, which is my job. You know, I looked at some of my job description. I looked at some of the passions that I had and and what I wanted to do and what I thought I wanted out of the position. Um, but then ultimately, I think what it came down to was being very direct coming from me and my communication about what I desired and what I needed um, to be successful in the role. And I think that actually helped with, with the position because- I was able to kind of kind of align myself with the vision and, and the mission and, and what that supervisor wanted. You
0: yeah, know, I think that's a really good point. Um, we want to know what our jobs are. Right. It's right. very important. And sometimes we reach out when we have unclear direction. If we're not getting the clear direction, well, the options are to just sort of <laughs> continually be frustrated because we don't know right. what to do. or make a different decision to say, okay, I'm going to be clear and direct and I'm going to communicate.
1: For sure. For sure. Because, you know, sometimes that frustration leads to a bigger rift, you know, and it's not that the rift needs to be there or the the conflict needs to be there. It's just in communication, there's always those opposing sides and those opposing viewpoints. And I think we have to find that compromise to figure out, you know, what it is that we should be doing and how we can work together to accomplish that main vision, that main goal.
0: So, what did you learn from this experience?
1: I think I learned you have to you have to be firm. You really have to be firm, um, especially if you really want to do more than the basic or more than the minimum, right? If you want to really get invested in your career or invested in your job, you have to be very firm in allowing people to understand how serious you are about the position or or the, or the role that you do have outcomes or expectations for not only your supervisor, but also the organization that you work for, or even, you know, if you have expectations for, for the job, the position itself. Um, so I think those are two things that you just have to be really firm and communicate your desires, you know, you can't sit back there and wait um, always for somebody to approach you and say, hey, this is what I need you to do. This is what um, I expect from you. You know, sometimes you have to look at those leadership styles, right? You, you know, this allowed me to really look at their leadership style and see, okay, what kind of leader do I need or what, what do I need from a person to be successful in my position?
0: I think that's really good advice, this idea of being firm. Because it really starts with yourself, right? You have to know your boundaries. You have to know what matters to you and what your values are and how serious you are. Sometimes we take a job, maybe it's a starting job and we're not doing what it is that we want to do, but we're in there for some kind of reason. But once we get clear as to what we want, that kind of clarity can propel us to do those difficult things, have those difficult conversations like, I need more communication, I need more direction.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really great point. I think it also, when you talk about being firm or you talking about that communication and elaborating on your desires, you have to know where you want to go and what you want out of your career. You know, starting, like you said, starting out in those early positions, you know, coming into higher ed, I didn't know if higher ed was for me, if if this was my end all be all, but I've come to grow in, in, into it and I really like it. So it has allowed me to really envision where I see myself in the next five to 10 years, Right. And if these positions or or the roles that I'm doing don't align with that, I have to kind of put myself in those positions, or I'll, or talk with my supervisor and say, "Hey, this is where I want to be. This is where I expect myself to be in the next five years. What can you do to kind of help me get there? You know, does this position align with that? You know, and if not, we have to do something different sometimes."
0: So your experiences. I know that you deal with a lot of young professionals, right? So college students and and students who have just graduated. How have your experiences shaped the kind of advice you give the students that come to your office?
1: It's a great question. So I think for me, I kind of have a, I wouldn't say a a odd situation because you know, I graduated um, and I started working literally like three days later, right? So that's (laughs) not always the case for our graduates, right? But I think it has helped me understand, like, if you have to start early developing that plan and understanding what you want to do, that's going to help you align and, and communicate those goals and those desires and get you into the right career early, right? Internships are, are key, right? It, it not only helps with that communication, it helps with um, learning some of those office skills or some of those skills in that profession. So I definitely push internships a lot more than what I. Originally thought about internships, right? I've I've come to realize that internships are the key, are the way to to being successful in that career, right? Um, because it allows you to, like I said, understand where you want to be early on, right? If you you know say for instance you want to sell insurance, no, you desire that an internship selling insurance allows you to see is this what I want to do or is this completely opposite, right? Um, because I often think we only know a small piece of that position. We only see what's on the outside. We don't know all the inner, inner workings and the, um, the, the behind the scenes efforts that it, that it takes to, to be a certain position. And that internship allows students to really see it. So I do push internships and, and um, communicating those goals or understanding what those goals are early on in your, your, your life or your career.
0: Internships for all the reasons that you talked about are such a great idea, but it also points on something that you said earlier about leadership styles. And the more exposure you have to a variety of work situations, you can see, oh, not all leaders are the same, obviously, but when we're young, we don't really necessarily see the variety and also how we mesh. I'm sure you've had this experience. I've had an experience where I had no problem with the boss and the leadership style but maybe somebody else did and vice versa. This person I had a hard time working for, but other people thought it was a great situation.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I think it's also too it's very important to point out, and I don't want to draw a, a distinct line between maybe corporate or or industry or you know, industry work or, or laboring, but those are very two different leadership styles, right? So if if your only experience have been maybe in a laboring type of, of work environment and you're now trying to t- transition into corporate. You know, those leadership styles are going to be completely different. So an internship gives you that variety, right? So if you've been working um, at, you know, maybe a factory or something like that, and that that was a very clear idea of what you should be doing, and now you have a, a broad scope of your job, those two leaderships are going to be completely different, and how you interact inside of that is going to be different as well.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. The, and the more experiences we can have, yeah, uh, the better we're going to be at knowing ourselves, and then knowing how to be effective in the workplace.
1: Yeah, for sure, yes. it definitely pull, pulls out those weaknesses and those strengths, um, a lot. So yeah, that's yeah. Good I one.
0: think back to some of my work experiences when I was young. We all start out and thinking about some of the mistakes I made because I was green and I didn't know when I didn't know, and and that's absolutely fine. We all start. But when we can have those kinds of experiences, especially in an internship where there's yeah. such rich value, yeah. but it's also, if it's a good internship, the idea is that you are being mentored and you don't know everything because you are in this particular kind of protected role, which yeah. can be so rich, um, but it's such a great way to get experience.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that is the benefit of the internship is it is a protected role and they're here to develop and grow, um, especially like you said, if- find a good internship. Now, not all internships are created equally, but um, finding a really quality internship in and in a great internship supervisor who's gonna really pour into you and help you understand because there are gonna be those pieces of conflict in, in there, right? And being able to manage that in a safe environment is so impactful and so beneficial for our students. And I mean, I'm just happy to be able to kind of put them in position for those opportunities.
0: So I should just say, any of our listeners who um, have internship possibilities should let Cameron know so yeah. that he can uh, find you the right students to fill those internship roles.
1: For sure, for sure, absolutely.
0: So, what about if you think about all the different work experiences you have had? Will you tell us what comes to mind as being one of the best? Whether it's a boss or a coworker or situation, and then you know, what was it about that situation?
1: For me, I've had a I've had a supervisor. Um, who has definitely poured into me inside the organization and outside the organization. So we developed this great mentor uh, relationship, mentor-mentee relationship, and that was so impactful, um, especially coming to a, a new community, a new space, um, and being able to, to really grow. But I think for me, what, what really stood out about this is that they understood that what I was doing in their in their organization, it was a stepping stone. This was not, they didn't want me to be there. This was not my end all. They knew when I graduated that I was going to transition out, right? And I think for me, the most impactful piece of that is that they wanted me to grow. They wanted to see, okay, what can I give him to be successful in three years? What kind of leadership roles or what kind of experiences can he have at our organization that's going to help him or prepare him for his next steps. And I think, and I tell my students this all the time, a good boss wants you to grow. A good boss wants you to move on and and do bigger things or better things. And I think that was the most rewarding piece for me at that organization. And and I still, I think back on it all the time. And I, I send students that way all the time, but I really think that that organization was really good for growth and really good at developing the students or the employees at the time.
0: That's really beautiful. I, a lot of times we think about um, businesses or business leaders as thinking only about the health of the organization, right. right? And when we think only about the health of the organization, of course, the people suffer and the organization suffers. But sure. so when you have a boss that is people-centered, specific, right? Caring no. about people is time-intensive and has to do with the individual, wanting sure. their good, simply to want their good. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah and I, and I think sometimes even with that when I see that investment in me it allows me to perform better in my current role right not not that oh if you don't invest in me that I'm not going to do a good job but it allows me to see oh there's much more value here versus than just me selling a phone or me selling something or you me bringing in more money for you this is a, this is an investment now a piece of it was the work that we did i mean we did we did do a work that We literally have to give ourselves to pour into other people, right? It was, you know, it's a nonprofit, and it's definitely a a commitment personally that you have to have. But it definitely it helped me realize that you have to you have to be aligned with that organization, right? Especially for our careers, we can't just go into a a job and say, "Oh, I'm just here to work." No, there has to be some kind of personal fulfillment and satisfaction that you're going to get out of that um, that position. And I think you know, especially in higher ed now, there's so many people here. This is their personal fulfillment, right? This is this is a true focus or a true frame that they want to be in. And I think that definitely matters in your job performance and how you manage those conflicts and how you manage um, the people and manage the interactions that you do have.
0: I think that's a really interesting idea of the manager, the boss that pours into you yeah. as allowing you to grow. Yeah. Right? And, and And that's what a good manager, a good boss can do for us sort of not just help us you know not just the clarity of what we're supposed to do, but to flourish to go beyond right and so that's something i'm very interested in is flourishing and your work at your work environment yeah how that comes about and it comes about by somebody seeing the potential in you, investing mm-hmm. in you, and figuring out what it is that you need to unlock that. And that's a kind of sharing of power, right? Uh-huh. Where, you know, I am pouring into you so that you can, and then I expect you to do it, and then you do it.
1: For sure. For sure. And, and I think we have to, you know, sometimes I think we have to get beyond the idea that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for your job, or I'm coming for your position. No we're in it together. We're in it equally um, to be successful, you know, especially when we're working, you know, I would say, you know, all of my jobs have been a position that I guess is of service. You know, it's not, I guess I've never really worked for, I guess at McDonald's I did, but I never really worked for a company where it's, it's the profit. It's the, it's the money that we're going to make. Right. It's more the opportunity to pour into others and allow them to grow or to be more successful, right? And that has allowed me to be there. I definitely want train with all.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's just fine. I would say that whether it's profit or nonprofit, it makes good business sense to treat your people well, oh, yes, right? For sure. And, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, I think treating our people well means having ping pong tables or nap pods or whatever the yeah. in thing is. And that's just stuff you know what do people really want they want to feel cared for personally and that comes about through an investment of time of being seen sometimes the investment of time is just simply how is your day how are you doing it doesn't have to be hours right it's just being seen
1: yeah it's it's that small talk it's that conversation at the water cooler as they say you know (laughs) are you invested in my family? Are you invested in what I'm doing outside of work? You know, and, and I'm not saying that you have to share every tidbit of your, your life, but how are you investing in me outside of, did you send me that spreadsheet? Did you meet with that student, right? And I think that's what's so mean, meaningful for my experiences in my current role, right? We, we develop a, a work family where we're invested in each other and what we're doing outside of work. Additionally, and I think, if you look at you know where we are now in in this in this labor world of all this turnover and we can't find people to work you know it, it's not the money i don't think it's 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 being forced into positions to do more than what you're able to do right not the not not mentally or or academically but we are allowing where we're forcing people to do 15 roles in one setting, you know, and it's, it's stressful, you yeah. know, and the, some of the organizations are not looking at the people and saying, hey, how can I help you be successful? How can I pour into you so that your job is not a stressful piece? We don't, when you come to work, you shouldn't be stressed, right? You know, yeah, there's going to be moments where we're, we're going to have a tight deadline, things of that nature, but organically, when I show up to work, I shouldn't be stressed. <laughs>
0: Right. That whole dread of Monday morning. I think that as a culture, we need to think more about that. Why is it there's this like real dread, you know, that Sunday night blues they talk about. And, you know, not all of us are in our dream job and, and that's, that's the way of it. But we might think about, well, what can I do where I'm at right now? For sure. And again, that goes back to what is it that I want? Yep. Some people want professional jobs. Some people don't want professional jobs. Right. What is the life that I envision for myself and how do I bring that to my work environment?
1: For sure. And I, I definitely think there are ways to incorporate uh, some of those aspects. You know, that goes back again. Wh- what do you envision? What, what are your expectations? And, you know, I think a lot of our companies now are being so open to new ideas and how can we make this you know, the Google, or how can we make this the place where we want to, where our, our employees want to thrive and be, you know, and I think if if you have ideas or you have concepts that you want to bring into their organization, I think it's okay to to suggest those and see where they go. Now, if they don't take off, they don't take off, but you never know if you don't suggest it, that it could happen.
0: Right, I think a lot of this idea of intentionality, yes. right, being intentional in what we do, because when we just operate on autopilot, we ought not be surprised when things start falling apart, right? We need people paying attention. We need that, that um, people and culture function in every organization that's paying attention to the culture of the organization, because we're all sort of uh, slipping into chaos. The world is, you know, falling apart, you know, if we think about the universe. And so we need to work on those relationships and work on why we're doing what we're doing, what brings meaning and purpose and satisfaction so that we can optimize our work so that we can be brilliant workers.
1: For sure. I, I love that you mentioned culture and, and what the, the culture of the company or, or, or the workplace is. I think that's so important. Um, you know, it, we talk often, you know, of, of having having people fit, you know, what our workplace culture is, you know, but I've been Kind of opened up and, and realized that it's like it's, it's about cultural ad, You know what are you adding to our company, and that I think that allows the people that's already there to grow, to experience something different, and that also creates some of that fulfillment. Right when I walk into a place and I don't know what somebody's going to talk to me at the water cooler about, and oh wow, that just kind of opened my eyes and allowed me to have a little bit of of satisfa- satisfaction and and. Gratitude for being in, in that place, you
0: know, so. Yeah, I think that's such a, a excellent point, this idea of add. So we, I think we could have both. If you have a culture that has stated mission, that's clear and mm-hmm. values, and I'm very interested in employee-centric values. How mm-hmm. do we expect all of our employees to treat one another? And how should they expect to be treated? Sure. Once you have those, I don't think that you should want to say, we want everyone to fit into our culture because that's, I mean, this is dramatic to say it's a culture of death, but maybe a culture of being stagnant. And if we want creativity, if we want uh, greater and yeah. deeper and richer diversity, then we need to be open, yeah. right? So this idea of having your values, but there are many different ways in which we can live out those values, not oh, yeah. being short-sighted.
1: Yeah. And I, I tell students this all the time, you know, you're going to work into, you're going to go into a world and you're going to work with people who don't look like you and who don't think like you. And how are you going to be able to, to live and to manifest what you want to do? And I definitely think that's a really great point about the organization can have values, but everybody's going to live those out differently. You know, how I view diversity is going to be completely different from some, how someone else views diversity. And not saying that I'm right or, or this other person is wrong. It's about how can we marry those ideas and say, oh, both of these are diversity. Let's bring both of this into the workplace, right? And that's how you get that cultural ad. That's how you get a flourishing environment of, of people who want to share their ideas, number one. But then also, it's going to help create just a more meaningful and fulfilling workplace, I, I really do believe.
0: I like that. Uh, a diversity of ideas of diversity right yeah. true diversity right i
1: love it yes <laughs>
0: that is not just one way yeah. uh, that there are many different ways to bring about this goal of human-centered workplaces which i just feel we have gotten away from we've gotten to where in this society we're very litigious we mm-hmm. are all about covering per my last email right yeah. <laughs> um And when you look on social media, people are very upset with their coworkers for, for a variety of reasons. And we have a a bit of a culture of airing our grievances instead of taking stock of, okay, this is how I feel. What can I do about it? Empowering people instead of almost glorifying in how toxic things are. Okay, acknowledge things are bad, but let's do something about it. Mm
1: And I definitely think that that's a really great point. But it also goes back again to that culture of the workplace. You know, you're airing your grief grievances. However, do you have that sense of of confidence that your organization is going to support you or figure out how can you make this better for for this individual? And I think that's important uh, when we look at the values. You know, are we like if, if we're uh, people focused? Do our values match that if I do have an issue with what's happening? Are you going to support me? Are you going to help me understand that this is how this is because of this? You know, not because, oh, we've always done it this way, or this is how we handle things. No, let's talk about it and let's figure out if this is the best course of action.
0: right. One thing that you mentioned that uh, if anyone's listened to Conflict Managed, we talk about psychological safety all the time. You can tell people to address workplace problems. You can tell people to talk to their bosses about clear and direct communication but if you don't feel like your organization has your back if you yeah. don't feel like people will take you seriously and look to solve problems you're not going to speak up yeah for sure that's that's the clear sign of a toxic work environment where there is no place to talk about difficult issues because you just don't see it and it looks like nobody cares which for means sure. you're now disengaged yeah. and all the bad things that happen when you have disengaged employees.
1: For sure. And, and, and I think conflict is, is is a negative word, right? And it's one of those words we shy away, away from, you know? And I think if organizations were to, not necessarily put it at the forefront, but definitely make an intentional effort to talk about conflict and say, let's do something about it. You're going to have people who are going to be willing to say, hey, I'm having this issue. I'm, I'm concerned about this can you support me? Can you help me? And I think that's going to cre- definitely create um, that opportunity for, for employees to feel that vote of confidence from their organization.
0: I think you're right. If people, if you had an organization that all of a sudden tomorrow on, at, you know, I going to say on Wednesday, well, I don't know when someone's listening to this, tomorrow morning, the organization said, we want to hear your complaints. We want to take it seriously. We want to put into a mechanism when you're having a problem, whatever it may be. I think organizations fear a tidal wave and that's right. telling, you know, okay. But once you deal with it and you have a plan, I personally think it should be a part of the forefront of any organization yeah. of dealing with conflict because you have conflict, whether you are, it's being, and it's being dealt with in some way, you can either manage it or it's going to be unmanaged. Sure. And Unmanaged conflict leads to, well, Sherm says a $44 billion a year in the U.S. economy is given up to toxic work environments. So mm. you have physical, um, mental um, issues with conflict, you have lower productivity, you have uh, retention issues, recruitment issues. But when I heard you talk about your best work experience at that nonprofit, when we think about Attracting people, I'm sure you have nothing but praise for that organization. For sure. And when we leave an organization, we spread word of mouth for good or for ill, and we know that's the best way to market is that's definitely true. personal experiences.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I, transparency was a the key there too, you know. And I think when you see a trend if there's a trend, say, for instance, you put this out there, hey, we want to hear what your issues are. If there's a trend, there needs to be transparency on how we're going to correct that. You know, some things, yeah, conflict is going to be managed behind the scenes, but there are some things that have to be put into the open, into the forefront for everybody to understand, hey, this will not, number one, it won't be accepted, you know, at our our organization. However, we're working on improving, right? And that, thats key as well. So you're right. I see nothing but praises for a lot of my organizations that I've worked for, right? I've—I've I've been blessed to be a part of lots of—like um, well, it's not lots because I haven't had that many opportunities, but—but um, but the organizations that I have been a part of have been very beneficial in my growth. Um, they've allowed me to to grow and to to share where I want to be, and they support—they've supported me in those in those efforts.
0: I'm so glad to hear that. That's wonderful. So as we come to a close, what is your vision for healthy workplaces that treat everyone with dignity and respect, but more than that, actually, as we've been talking about, encourage their workers to thrive?
1: Um, I, I definitely think uh, how I vision is there, there, also, there always needs to be growth. You have to see where your employees want to be. You 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 can't allow them just to live stagnant to to be in this one position and say, hey, we're getting the most out of that person. No, how can we make this person want to give more? How can we get more out of this person in, in a positive way, right? Not just more more time or, or whatever, but more of their intellect, more of their 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 skills and their trades that they can offer. But then also, I believe there has to be uh, that open communication and the ability to share ideas, right? We're oftentimes, you know, you have your supervisors, but you have people who are on the ground doing the work, right? And they know where the challenges are. They know what's causing the stress, what's causing the disconnect. Being able to share those ideas from the ground up and actually let them take root is what I envision for a healthy work environment. You know, sometimes we see hey, policy is coming from the top down. Sometimes policy needs to come from the bottom up, right? And as we elevate it, we we, we dig a little deeper and we make it clean, we tighten it up and make it equitable for everybody, but it definitely needs to kind of work its way up sometimes. Um, so those are some of the, the viewpoints that I envision for a healthy work environment.
0: Oh, I think that's great. When you were saying that, it made me think about the old structure of the hierarchy. You've got you know, the boss, the CEO, and then you've got the people under, then the people under, the people under. And we're always told, go up the chain, don't yeah. go around the chain. And many people have questioned that idea today and think, no, we need to flatten it out because mm. you're absolutely right. The CEO, the boss is many times cushioned from the seasonal worker, from the part time sure. employee. And that is the person in the drive through or on the ground For that sure. actually sees and I love undercover boss because I I mean, that's, that's what you're getting, but we need more. We need more of that, Um, Sure, you know, fast track avenues to have real conversations so that all the people thrive, the part-time person, the person at the top.
1: For sure. That's, that's definitely true. Thrive. I just go back to it every time. And, And no matter what position you are, what organization you are, if you're working at a factory, if you're working at an institution of higher education, or, you know, the the best marketing firm in America, it's about thriving, right? And how can we thrive as an individual, but also how can we help the company thrive, right? Um, it's, It's a give and take. It's always a give and take, you know? And I just, yeah, that's great.
0: Cameron, thank you so much for spending your time with us and sharing your experiences and your vision for the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation.
0: Thank you, Cameron, for taking time to talk with us today and encouraging us to strive for open and clear communication with ourselves and others. If you'd like to contact Cameron, you can find him on LinkedIn. There's a link to his LinkedIn profile in today's notes. Conflict Manage is produced by Third Party Workplace Conflict Restoration Services. You can find them online at 3pconflictrestoration.com. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember, conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Until next time, take care.